welcome in to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, we are excited uh, about another podcast today. This is going to be one of those where we have a great, you know, a great interview, great story. But also, this is one of these people that's reluctantly become an icon on the show. Well, uh, I started to say yeah. uh, his name has been mentioned on the show a lot over the years. It has. It and has. I'm anxious to know how much he knew about that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> welcome to Rick and Bubba University, Chandler Cox. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank uh, you for having me. Good to me. have you here, Chandler Cox. <laughs> so Chandler uh, played for the Auburn Tigers and then the Miami Dolphins. Yep. And uh, y- are we going to dive right into the best thing first? Or Do you want to wait that, on that? Would yeah, you rather I mean, not talk about that? Well, I mean, well, hey, we can start off with that. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to get that out of the way? So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so you, you played at Auburn, which brought you from – uh, Salt Lake City, which is where you were actually born, born right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Played and, high school. And, then, there. and played high school. Then you played college uh, before you came to Auburn. Uh, yes. So I was born in Salt Lake. I moved right. to uh, Orlando, Florida when I was 11 years old. Okay. And that's where I went to high school at Apopka, okay. which is a little bit uh, north of Orlando. So Apopka is how you Apopka. say Apopka. Yeah. And, yes, and you come from a family of football players, right? Your dad played. I do. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he played at USC out in uh, Southern California. And then uh, I had a brother play at New Mexico. And um, I have an uncle um, that played in the NFL for about nine years as well. So um, it kind of runs to the family. Yeah. I bet y'all's Thanksgiving Day football game was awesome. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> it was, When yeah. the family got together. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you come to Auburn, and, and then, you know, you, you get into the, the culture of Alabama. Yep. And when was the first time that you started realizing that there was a radio show that was starting, that was using your name a lot in an impression of Beth Moens. Yeah, so it was after actually the 2017 uh, A&M game. We were playing College Station, and it was a couple of days after where everyone's, you know, kept coming up to me. They're like, hey, did you hear the announcer on the TV? And I was like, no, I didn't hear it. And so, and I, I started hearing it more and more wherever I went. I was like, well, I mean, what is going on? And so, they're, you know, the Chandler Cox. And, yeah, yeah. and I was like, okay, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started hearing, the, you know, you guys talk and um, kind of coaches bring it up to me as well. And I, I was like, oh, man, that's, that's crazy. Well, you know, you know when you're doing an impression of – why am I saying this? Most people don't learn to do impressions, do they? Right, I mean, right, everybody's right. like, oh, yeah, when I'm doing impressions. Yeah, well, but when you do an impression, what you're trying to always find – is there one phrase or something or a word to hang your hat on? Yeah. That, that they say that that kind of gets you into the right voice, right? And she just loved the way your name flowed, yeah. <laughs> and she would say it, Chandler Cax, and she was really <laughs> emphasizing it. So that just became my. I just noticed that watching the game, right? Well, Rick, right. you, you yeah. couldn't help but notice that. No, watching um, and, the game, and so that popped in there. I didn't even know you. I just said she really loves this this fullback. At Auburn, and, and she loves to talk about him, and so that became then it became the go-to Beth Moen's line. Oh yeah, and I apologize for that. Oh because, no, hey, but, I, yeah, I, it's no problem. I, I think it's great. I, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously it's interesting, but yeah. it is what it is. So have you have you ever met Beth? Moen? I've never met her before. Um, but she she always day. liked to mention your name anytime yeah. Auburn was brought up. Or, I mean, yeah, I, I, it just seemed like that was a running thing. Yeah, I've got to ask her about that one day. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll go to Chandler Cax. What a block from Cax! You're going into Romo. I'm Rick. sorry. Look at but anyway, yeah, I'm now confusing Tony Romo with Beth Owens. <laughs> but um, but the. Um, did you know anything about the show before the Beth Moens thing? Uh, I is, did not. So no, that's so what brought you to the show. That is what brought me to the show. Right. I, yeah, I, I'm not 
you know, I didn't listen to the radio a ton um, through college, but once, you know, 2017, College Station and A&M, after that, I was like, okay, I got to start listening. Chandler Cax. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's my one's talking about Chandler Cax. <laughs> yeah, uh, so oh, man, so that well, there it is again. So, but the, I wondered about that if you had ever since you came to Alabama, right? And we have an affiliate, you know, where you can hear us in, in Auburn. Yeah, I didn't know whether you had picked up the show and then heard it, or people start saying you got to listen to the show. They keep doing this Chandler Cox, right? Yeah, they told me to listen to the show, and you know, just wherever I go now, they're like, "Hey, do you listen to the show?" I'm like, "Yeah, I listen to the show." Right. <laughs> and you know, and you're forever on it now, right? It I love matter. it. it, it hey. You know, and then. You know, when she got to do an NFL game, of course, oh, I started yeah. saying, well, maybe she'll get to do Miami. Yeah, yeah we know. were all hoping yeah. for that. <laughs> I think she was hoping for yeah, that. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your story. Uh, so you already told us you were born in Salt Lake City, but when you were 11, your family moved to Orlando. Orlando, yes, sir. Yeah, so I lived in Orlando with my mom, my stepdad, and my little brother and sister. I'd split parents growing up. Um, my dad and my stepmom lived in Arizona. Uh, Utah at the time still, so my two older brothers lived there, and so I was going back and forth all the time, And um, but, you know, wanted to live with mom, and so I stayed in Florida, and I think it was the best thing for me, just kind of got me to where I am today, and um, got me to Alabama, you know, I, growing up, I was like, thinking, you know, would I ever be living in Alabama? Probably not, but I came up here, uh, went to University of Alabama for a visit, and then went down to Auburn, I was like, man, I, I want to be in, in Alabama, and uh, just loved Auburn a ton, so that's where um, I went to school and ended up there, and will probably forever be here now. So, so yeah. tell us a little bit about your recruitment yeah. because I know you were a very good high school player. How, who all offered you, and and what was that thought process? Like? Right. So growing up, I was always a Gator. I loved Florida Gators. I was when Coach Muschamp was there, and he offered me a scholarship to go there. And right when he offered me, I was like, ah, oh, I'm about to commit. Um, and I talked to my family, like, just wait a little bit and started getting Tennessee and Alabama and Auburn and um, getting to Ohio State and Nebraska and kind of the bigger schools and started taking my visits um, to multiple places. And uh, I was, like, starting to fall out of love, with, you know, uh, for Florida. And um, I was like, this is weird, but I think I want to go to Auburn after, you know, I took my visits and. Um, it was it was a fun time getting recruited. Cause I got to yeah. see a lot of cool places and meet a lot of cool people. And um, but Auburn and Coach Malzahn just kind of stood out to me the most. So why is that? What what was it about Auburn that that made you say, with all these options, the, it seems that the visitation process kind of took away maybe that childlike being enamored with Florida. When you start comparing it to other places, what was it that made you think Auburn? Yeah, it was just a family feel. I'm a big family guy, so yeah. it was just like it was just different. It's hard to explain, um, but when I got down to the plains, it was just the the people. Right when I showed up, it was just like the um, the love they had, you know, for me as a recruit, but for the people around them too. That everyone loved each other. They were just big Auburn diehard fans and. Um, even the coaching staff, it was just great too. And I was very blessed to play under Coach Miles in four years and have the coaches that I had. And that's what kind of sold me. And, and obviously the area and um, just the university was just beautiful. So, And now you, you've made the decision you'll stay living in the state of Alabama? No, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be here forever. Well, that, that, that's that, that's really cool. So yeah, I mean, that's a chamber of commerce page yeah. right there. Yeah, so when, when uh, in high school did you play the same position? Have you played the same position the whole time, or did you? What did you play fullback in high school? So I was, I was kind of. We ran a, a different offense called the single wing offense, 
and it's an old school offense. Oh, yeah. You don't see it a lot. Um, so I was kind of like the quarterback. I was a fullback. I was a running back. Um, but, but I played a lot of quarterback in high school. And I knew I didn't want to play quarterback in college, so I was like, I'm, you know, try the whole fullback thing. And uh, that's why I got recruited as. And there's a few schools out there that wanted me to play some quarterback, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. I can't throw that good. Um, so, But you got a few direct snaps. Right, I, I did. So you got back in the shotgun. I did, yeah. So that's um, that's where that came from, the little you know, stuff we did. Well, Auburn, were you so. concerned? Because I know that uh, it, it's strange because my oldest son actually came from playing center at, at, at Auburn. And then they moved him. Ultimately, at the end, he was playing this H back fullback thing. But but did you did you get concerned because you know I I had another son that was that was at one time kind of thinking about going down the road of trying to be a fullback too. And one of the concerns he had is that a lot of offenses have done away with the fullback completely. Right. So did you ever think that you know the the fullback thing was going to be limiting at some point? Yeah. So I that's part of the reason I went to Auburn as well, just because um, you know in that. Offense, Coach Malzone using a, you know, a fullback, H-back type of guy. And yeah. um, the guy before me I looked up to was Jay Prosh. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he was a great fullback, and I knew yeah. about him in high school, and I was like, I want to I want to do what Jay's doing. And that's what attracted me to Auburn as well. And, you know, just the opportunity to go there. And um, at the time, they didn't have many fullback or tight ends. So I was like, oh, I can go in there and play right away. And that's what, you know, I started as a true freshman at Auburn and, you know, started all four years there. And just because of, the offense that we ran, and if I would have went somewhere else, as you know, to an Alabama or Florida, I probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, play as much as I did. So in your position too, you get to hit a lot of people. And yeah, you, you appeared to really take to that. Right. Yeah, I love I love the physicality. I I loved um, just the that that was the best part of football for me. I you know I'm not a big hoorah type of guy where you know I want all the attention. I don't I don't need the ball a lot, and um, that's what. You know, attracted me to play fullback because I just love blocking. I love hitting people, and um, you know, I didn't talk a, a ton of trash. I'm not the typical <clears throat> fullback. You know, talk trash. You know, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to hit people and help them back up and <laughs> keep them going. And I just wanted to win. So and help the guys like Carry On and Cam Martin, all those guys I got to block for. Um, when I got to see them score and help them score, and that was that meant everything for me. What what about the uh, as as far as the the way the game is being played now? It's a it's changed a lot, and um, do, but but I haven't seen much, much adjustment made for the fullback as far as blocking. I mean, you're still having the collisions, yeah. and we haven't really changed the rules where a fullback can't come in there and and still takes on the linebacker who's coming full speed and stunning and all that. Did you did you get through it pretty injury free? I did. I was very, very lucky. I haven't had any major surgeries or really any surgeries at all, and that's that's not typical for a fullback that's hitting and um, making big collisions every play. Because um, there's a, I mean, a few times where it was hard to get back up after a hit, and I would see tons of stars all the time. Um, but it's just part of playing fullback, part of uh, playing the game of football. So, did you ever think that, that you you had a you got had enough that you needed maybe to come out of the game as far as your a collision head injury? Um, no, I never got to that point where I needed to really step back and think about that. Um, I stayed pretty healthy. I took care of my body. I was big reco- uh, big on recovery and um, try- kind of staying ahead of the game. Um, I mean, there'd be some mornings I couldn't even move my neck. And, and I, my head, I was shaking my head and my felt my brain is shaking. Um, 
which you know probably doesn't sound great, but it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know that's just that's just part of it. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I always try to stay on top of recovery and uh, do the most outside of the field um, to stay healthy and to play every week. All right. So, well, we I know we got to go to a break, yeah, but yeah, when we, we come back, let's talk about being drafted. Yeah, what yeah. that felt like yeah, and playing yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, and that the boy that that big step that yeah. you take. So we'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Chandler Cox. I want to say again, Chandler Cox. <laughs> uh, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, the, a lot of you out there. This is the time of year when you start thinking about landscaping. You start thinking about, um, you know, I, 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 the spring gets everybody kind of excited. Now, we're not all the way out of winter yet, but this is the time that you start thinking about this. But l- let's just be honest. A lot of times you, you, you go down there to, you know, the, the, the nursery or some place in town. You try to load up all this stuff in your car. It makes a mess. You get home. Uh, the stuff's not good quality. It, it it doesn't grow. It never it it doesn't produce the way you want it to. Well, I want to save you uh, trouble right now by going to this website, fastgrowingtrees.com/bub. Okay, fastgrowingtrees.com. They're experts. They they curate thousands of plant varieties, and they will you know find out some information from you about where you live, and they're going to send you plants and trees that will thrive in your specific climate, your location, and your needs. Now, you're not going to be waiting in lines. As I said, your car is not going to be messy. You're not going to be hauling plants all over town. Uh, they'll be shipped right to your door in one to two days, plus their growing and care advice is available 24-7. Yes, you can have plants that thrive with help from our friends at fastgrowingtrees.com. So whether you're looking for increased privacy, you need some shade, maybe you're adding some natural beauty to your yard, fast-growing trees have the perfect plants and the expertise to help you find those. I mean, you're going to love these. It doesn't matter if you have a green thumb or not. Uh, you're going to love how these plants and these trees will thrive. So why don't you save yourself some money right now by just following these instructions? We'll get 15% off for you. If you go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba, that's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba. Put them to work for you and do that today. We're back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Chandler Cox. Every time you heard me going to the break, I'm trying to say his name without going into Beth Mowens. It's just hard to and, do. And I locked into two worlds. I was trying to say it regular <laughs> and as Beth Mowens. It's just it's just so natural to me. I'm sorry. And and uh, we'll get to where you are now later, but um, I'm trying not to do it when I see you a few times a week as yeah. well, and I'm, I'm getting better at it. So you, you go to Auburn, uh, the step from high school – to the SEC, not just college, but the SEC, big step. It's a huge step. Yeah, so, so, but then this next step where you start getting a chance to have a shot at the NFL, I, I never got that opportunity, yeah, wh- so I don't it? know what that step's like. I know the step to college, uh, but but I have no idea it, how much bigger that next step is. Yeah, so it's, um, it's a totally different world. Uh, it's really after my uh, – about junior year where coaches started talking to me, but, hey, you have an opportunity to go play at the next level. And that was always my dream. I always wanted to play in the NFL. That was why I played football is because I loved the game of football. But I was like, you know, watching games growing up, I was like, I want to be on TV one day playing in the NFL. And it was right after that junior year, I was like, man, I, I think I have a shot to go play fullback in the NFL. And so I 
you know, I put in the extra time. I always made sure to do whatever I could to, to get me to that next level. And I had the great opportunity at Auburn to play a ton and get a ton of film because that always helps, especially at a fullback where it's a, you know, it's kind of a dying breed in the NFL. And, um, you know, I got to that, you know, senior year. And um, after that last bowl game, I signed with an agent. And I signed with the agent and started training and um, went through pro day and, I didn't get any invites to senior games or no combine invite. So that was, you know, wasn't really discouraging for me because I kind of knew and kind of figured just being a fullback is just part of the process. So I went through pro day and I trained super hard. I, I just stayed there at Auburn and trained my strength coaches and kind of did stuff on my own and, and um, just kind of helped put myself in the best position to, to go showcase my talent on pro day. And I, and I think I had a great day and, um, I started getting uh, a couple visits after pro day, which is great, where the teams flew me out and, you know, spent 24 hours with me and got to interview me and um, kind of just talk X and O's with me. And um, so it was just a, a phenomenal time for me to go through that process. And I got to the point where it was, you know, draft was coming up and I just wasn't sure, you know, just, you know, obviously I was getting attention from NFL teams and agents telling me good things, but I try to stay humble, try to stay just, not, not get my hopes up too much where I get discouraged if nothing did come from it. But I, uh, it was the third day of the draft. I was out in uh, St. George, Utah, where my family now lives. And it was at, it was day three. I was like, hey, maybe I'll get you know, picked up in the late rounds or something like that. And that, that day we went boating. And um, I was just with my family. And I had my fiance out there with me as well. And we were just kind of trying to enjoy the day, just trying not to worry about it. And uh, we we were in a lake where there wasn't much service. So it was, I was like kind of nervous about that. But we were just, uh, it was getting around like two or three o'clock, no calls, no, nothing yet. And my phone started ringing. I was like, man, what? I was like, what is this? And it was a Fort Lauderdale number. And I was like, okay. And so I uh, I pick up the phone and it's Chris Greer, uh, general manager for the Miami Dolphins. Like, hey, Chandler, that's Chris here, and uh, he's like, "We're we're on the clock, and we're about to pick you." So I was like, "Man, <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you serious? Like, awesome. I, I just want to make sure this wasn't like a prank call." Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> so, <laughs> you have friends like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was uh, that was a life changing moment for me, and like I, I don't you know, it's just kind of a, a flash in my life because it was so I was so high, and I felt like I was on like cloud nine at that time because, you know, growing up and going through all those years of just wonder and you know trying to make it to that next level and that was a that was just a special moment for me so then what's it like when you actually go to training camp mm. and, and rick was talking about the, the difference in the level it's uh it, it's totally different isn't it? it's totally different it's stressful it's a uh it's a different lifestyle because every day you show up you don't know whether it's your last day or it's you have another day yet um so i <laughs> every day i just kind of showed up and and I'd see players come and go every day, so it's hard to get to know teammates as well because you make a you make a good buddy next year and you like him. And the next you show up the next day, he's gone. Yeah. And, mm. You know, you kind of see the um, assistants up in the office. They come down and tap you on the shoulder, hey, and then you see you upstairs. And I was always kind of trying to avoid those guys. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't, oh, yeah. don't don't walk near those <laughs> guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, every day was stressful. It just. Uh, it's a different lifestyle, but it's just part of part of the you know NFL world and part of what it is. Um, you know, it's a it's a day to day job. You just never know when your opportunity is 
going to be there or if it's going to be taken away. So it's so, so you're, and I guess you're scrapping for reps. You're trying anything, right? Because absolutely, you want to feel like you got you got a true chance to show them what you can do. Absolutely, and the more you can do in the NFL, the better. And especially at a, a position like myself, and um, you know, luckily I was the only fullback there in Miami, and typically they only carry you know one to two fullbacks. Maybe they bring a couple in for camp, but it was just me. So um, getting enough reps and talking to the coaches, hey, let's, let's run a fullback. Let's, um, I can do it. And um, But also trying to get into the special teams reps. That's where I had to fight to get reps because that's how you make the team. And I did that for two years, and um, I think it was – I did great. I mean, it was – obviously there's ups and downs to it. Mm-hmm. There's t- things I didn't do well at, things I did do well at, and just I just kind of seized the opportunity that I had, and, and I loved every second of it. So when you say two years, so you made the team. I did the, fir- the, the, the first year. So yeah, two t- years in a row. Tell us what that was like. Yeah, <laughs> especially that first year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, you go through camp, you go through your your preseason games, and um, just long days. It's it's a grind. You know, it's hard to sleep at night too because you're wondering what you could have done better. You're watching films like and wondering if you're going to be cut the next day. And I just kind of had to put my head down and and just work my tail off and try to you know, do better than I did the day before. And if I didn't make a mistake, you don't, you know, you can't make a lot of mistakes in the NFL. Cause, no. Cause if you don't do what they tell you to do, the, the, yeah, Hey, we got someone else coming and take your spot. So, um, so do you feel that pressure? Because I know in college, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I've talked to people that were there and, and, you know, had family that was there and they said, you, you sort of sense there go the coaches on the recruiting trail and they're looking for people to replace me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not near like the NFL. The NFL, I mean, literally next. I mean, Absolutely. you know, because at least if you establish yourself in college, they may be looking for your replacement, but they're not looking for your replacement today. Absolutely. You know, in the yeah. NFL, they're looking for your replacement today. Yeah, for sure. And, and people are coming in, they're making deals. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a different stress level from college to NFL. You know, in college, obviously, they could easily bring someone else and recruit a new guy to – you come in and try to win the job, yeah. but I, uh, I made sure you know I kind of just put in the work. But you know, obviously, the guys they brought in—I mean, there's tons of guys that came, you know, right after me that could have easily played. They were very, very good, and I can—I kind of just, you know, did did what I had to do to play and start and have the coaches trust me. But also, what I wanted to do is help those guys develop as well because <laughs> I couldn't play every play. It's, it's impossible yeah. to play every play in yeah. football and obviously in practice too. And so I tried my best to help develop and help those guys, you know, have the opportunity to play as well because it's you, – you can't – like I said, you can't play every play and you get dinged up at fullback too. So we need – it's like, hey, like going for a play or two. And um, But in the NFL, it's, it's a different stress where if you're dinged up, you got to stay in. <laughs> Chandler, at the pro level, yeah. your, your agent – I know they do your contract and all that, but – do you get a lot of feedback from them? To, would they call you and say, hey, I heard you're doing great, or hey, we're going to have to turn it up on uh, this or that? Or h- how much involvement did they have, or was it strictly financial? Yeah, so they – I mean, they – obviously our position coach was our right. – kind of the guy that told us what we were doing good at, what we need to work on every single day. But be, behind that, you just don't know. You know, you don't know what they're thinking from the head coach, the general manager, to the um, – you know, I, I guess that's what I was wondering is that – from that – point 
is there a loop through your agent that he'll give you feedback to, or was it just the business part? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit that goes through the agent. The agent will call me, hey, you know, this is what I'm hearing. You're doing a great job down there. Or, hey, they're looking to maybe stop using a fullback down there, or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. But it's, uh, but mostly my time in Miami was just my position coach. And that's why that's how I liked it. You know, I, I kind of told my agent, too, like, hey, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to – Kind of don't want to hear from anybody else. I just want to hear from like, one voice. my coaches yeah. exactly because, yeah. you know, for me, if I heard from different people, it just kind of stressed me out, and that's why I didn't need going through too many voices. What I yeah, exactly going through what I had to go through to be successful for the time I was there. All right, we'll come back. We'll continue this conversation with Chandler Cox on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, Bubba, one of our favorite topics, Tommy John. Oh yeah, uh, look, I mean Tommy John. Um, and we my, don't mean the arm surgery. No, we, we don't mean the, no no surgery. We're talk, we're talking about underwear here. And I know most men you you think we don't really care about underwear. We think we're assigned our underwear and they're ours for the rest of our lives. <laughs> we try to make them that. But way. but I will tell you this: um, <laughs> if you've never tried Tommy John, because and they do have stuff for women too, but you know they they the stuff they do for men. They're, they design their underwear, uh, you know, with, with us in mind. You know, I mean, the the way that we are made, the way that we need comfort, uh, and you really can tell a difference. I remember when they sent us our first pair. I was like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, I've, we the all, when we, you put them on, yeah, I thought I, I thought, well, the Walmart briefs have served me well for so long. <laughs> They're out, now. yeah. And and I put on the Tommy John, and I was like, wow. Uh, what an incredible difference! And and it's the way they're made. And as a matter of fact, they are so uh, confident about uh, the way they have designed men's underwear. Uh, they've sold 17 million pairs. And if this is not the best pair that you have uh, ever that you ever wear, then it's free. They say, okay, we won't we, we won't charge you for them. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. And and you, I don't think they really have customers. They have fanatics. Uh, the air mesh interior hammock, the moisture wicking fabric, four times the stretch of competing brands. Plus, you know what I love? Those legs don't ride up on you. You know, yeah. we, we got some big old massive legs. I know. You know, and it doesn't, doesn't ride up. Uh, and also has the non rolling <laughs> waistband, something probably Chandler doesn't need, but we do. <laughs> right. You know, so. Oh, I'll lose my waistband. I'm telling you. So uh, get your Tommy Johns now. And remember, 20% off your first order. If you go to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba, that's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba today. That's going to get you 20% off. The site's got all the details. All right, Chandler Cox is our guest. We've talked about high school a little bit. We talked about the step into the SEC. We've talked about everyone coming up to you going, Chandler Cox, uh, and talking about <laughs> Beth Mowens. Uh, but you, you, when you're in the NFL, and we were talking about you there, you've made the team. I ask every single person who, who we ever interview, either on the big show or on the podcast, because we get it. We, we grew up watching sports. I always want to ask them about this, that moment when you go onto the field and you have an NFL uniform on. Yeah. You know, with baseball players, I ask about Major League Baseball, whatever, basketball. What was that moment? Does the little boy inside of you look down at the team colors of this NFL icon? Because we knew all the teams. And you think to yourself, I'm wearing the uniform of an NFL team. Or do you even think about it? Right. No, <laughs> I definitely thought about it. I uh, I was actually thinking about that earlier this morning because it was such a special time. We uh, opened up against New England at home, uh, game one in my rookie year. And opening day is a special day. You know, you got the 
You got the Jets flying over. You got yeah. the, the everybody's big, in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every, everyone, everybody's undefeated. <laughs> everyone's undefeated at that time. It, <laughs> yeah. You're feeling good, and I kind of just, I took a time to look around. And I was like, man, I'm I'm really here. Like I I really am about to play my first NFL game for the Miami Dolphins, playing fullback. I'm starting, and um, that was an incredible time. It's kind of emotional too, but. You know, obviously about to play a game, so you can't spend too much time, you know, in that emotional state. Um, you got to get your mind right to go play. But, you know, obviously for me, that was um, something I worked for my whole entire life. And, you know, being drafted and going through camp and making the team and, um, you know, being on the field and playing against Tom Brady at the time and yeah. seeing, you know, Edelman and all those guys that I looked up to. And um, Do you try to talk that, to them? Do you try it, to go over during pregame yeah. and say, hey, guys – I mean, I know that's not cool, but I mean, do you do you? Hey, want I've to been do that? watching you since I was in sixth grade. I just want to say, hey, you know? yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm definitely one of those guys that went up to the to the kind of the icons of of the football world. Where um, I go up to say, hey, you know, I'm a huge fan of you. Um, obviously, I'm playing in the same league as you now, but I'm I've always looked up to you. And um, it's funny, I uh, read Julian Edelman's book, and right before training camp, actually, and. Um, you know, playing him game one, I went up to him after game, and I sent him a DM after on on a direct message on Instagram, and I was like, "Hey, I'm a huge fan. I just read your book. I'm playing for the Miami Dolphins now, but I've always looked up to you. I think you're a great player, or whatnot." And uh, I went after uh, after the game. I went up to him and told him, "Hey, I was the one that DM'd you, and uh, you know, read your book and whatnot." And he responded and everything uh, to my DM, so he remembered who I was. But that was pretty cool. And I always always go up to the guys and, um, you know, kind of. Just tell hey, I'm a huge fan of you. And <laughs> we, we, you know, yeah. playing fullback for the Dolphins though was a legendary position because oh, when yeah. we were growing up, it was Larry Zon. Larry Zon, yeah. And he, and you're and, too young. Do you yeah, know you don't even remember him, do you? I, I don't remember him playing by you know obviously playing for the Dolphins. I know who he is. Well, you had to. Yeah, yeah. And they probably had his picture. Yeah. Bar. Yeah. They had his picture everywhere. Everywhere, yeah, yeah. everywhere yeah. in the facility, there was Larry Zonka everywhere. So. It, it was funny because I, I remember him having that little oh U the bar, U bar man, and and he just was so massive. He didn't wear any arm pads, and he would break through the line and just look for somebody to hit. Yeah. He wasn't trying. He's yeah. like, I'm looking for a linebacker I, mean, the, I can run the over. The coach was yeah. like, Zonk, just get us as many yards. Quit looking for somebody to hit. Yeah, you know. And uh, but but when you're when you're out there like that, and you said, you know, you don't trash talk. But is there more trash talking in the SEC or in the NFL? I think it's more NFL. Yeah. Um. Well. I go back. I think more SEC. I think I. I don't know. I, it's kind of, um, I, I'd say about the same. But okay, it's so just I, a different type of talk from I, the SEC to the NFL, where guys are, you know, either you know chatting it up on the field in the NFL, but but in the SEC, guys are you know saying some things I probably shouldn't say right now. But <laughs> right, you, you're saying. Well, let me ask you if this is right. In the in the SEC, it's more rah rah trash talking. Absolutely, we love our team. We yep. hate your team. In the NFL, it's more of just we're the greatest players in the world. Absolutely, and, and, like, and, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm making more money than you, or right, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. better at you. Than my- <laughs> well, and we've interviewed some other guys that when they went in their rookie year, they said one of the big shockers was that it's now your job. Yeah. Now, I know in college it feels like your job, but mm-hmm. everybody's about the same age. Right. They said the weirdest thing was were these grown men. 
you know, you'd be like, hey, guys, what are we doing after practice? And they're like, well, I'm going on to help my kid with homework, and <laughs> I'm going over to the game. And yeah, my wife, Sean Alexander said Yeah, that. Sean yeah. talking about he goes, he, th- he had, didn't have any to hang with because yeah. all these guys are grown men with families. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's exactly how I felt. I, it, was, it was a weird transition for me because I, I show up and guys have kids and, right. you yeah. know, kids in school. And for me, I, it was just me. I didn't have anybody else down there. But I was just living by myself. And I would go to football, come back home, kind of just like college. And – um, but I would see guys, you know, have to go to, you know, little concerts at school for their kids or whatever. So um, it was kind of a, a more individual. It was, you know, there's lonely times in the NFL too, where you're, you know, you're you're trying to make the team and trying to do your best every day, and um, you know, you don't get to spend much time with the guys because they, you know, obviously have families and yeah. got things to do. But it's it's just a much different. Um, connection to the players in the NFL than it was in college. And it's all real specialized, too. And now I remember one of the things I wasn't accustomed to when I went to college was the offense and the defense never interact. Yeah. You know, when you're on the high school team, the team's together all the time. Right. And I remember one time looking around going, where are the offensive players? And <laughs> they're we, like, they're like and they were like, they practice over there. <laughs> yeah. And I could see these people off in the distance, and I was like, I haven't even met these people yet. <laughs> yeah. And and then you come together for a scrimmage and you go, Hello, I'm on your team. I would think in the NFL it's even more specialized, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's guys in the locker room that I didn't even get to talk to, whether they're <laughs> yeah. whether they just don't want to talk to anybody or they were gone the next day. So it's just yeah. kinda hard to make a connection or make a good friend in the NFL where, you know, in college, those are your best friends. Yeah. And, you know, we had a good culture in in Auburn where we were you know, communicate with the defense, and obviously you have you do your separate things, offense, defense. But yeah. um, it was just different in the NFL. You don't have that. It's, connection. it's a business, absolutely. Let, let me ask you this because I know we want to eventually get into what you're doing now, yeah. uh, and how that's going to interact with Rick. Um, but back in college, we heard rumors, and I, I, that's why I wanted to ask you: Do you cut hair on the side? I do. So we did hear that. <laughs> we, yeah. we wanted you to come cut our hair during the podcast because I'm really over to you. I need a haircut. Yeah. So does Bubba. You, hey, got, yeah. your, you got your scissors. <laughs> you don't have out your there, stuff, Dave. do you? <laughs> no, I don't have my stuff. I can go grab it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's always available. Uh, yeah. but, so you, you cut hair in college. I did. I did. So it's it's kind of been stalled in the last couple of years. Just right. kind of well, you've had other playing, things. I've going had other on. things going on from NFL. So you didn't cut hair for the Dolphins. <laughs> I, to be clear, the position group. So I had I was <laughs> right. always with the tight ends, right. and um, so I'd have the tight ends come over to my house, and we'd always I would cut their hair. And <laughs> did you really? I did. That and uh, those are the only guys that did cut down to Miami. But um, <laughs> I I do cut hair. I it's just a little side gig I like to do, and something. Are something you pretty that I good enjoy. at it? I think I'm pretty good. You know, <laughs> do, do you let him? I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I'm, my fiance hasn't let me cut her hair just <laughs> right, yet. Yeah, that's not get, happen. Down the road, it might yeah. Happen. I think yeah. you're more of a barbershop guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, I, I do cut hair. Um, I really got into it just because I hated paying for haircuts. And so I started cutting my own hair. So and, you cut your own hair. Now that's really hard to do. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? So I always cut my own hair. Would you have a floby or something? How'd you do that? <laughs> Uh, so I have like a little, little handheld mirror that I hold, and I obviously use the the mirror in the bathroom as well because yeah. the more mirrors, the better. You can see. Now, what did the... you charge for a haircut in college? Oh, it was cheap. It was five dollars. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I, it was five dollars, and yeah, I uh, think I saw your Facebook page. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a uh, <clears throat> you know we call the big cocks cuts and cars. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just, it was a fun, it was a fun name. It was, yeah, it was, sure. It was. Sure. It was. That'll get some attention. It will. Yeah, absolutely. It will. Yeah, it will. 
all right, we'll come back and we'll finish up and we'll talk about. I do want to talk about how how it ended with NFL, and then we'll get into what you're doing now. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so Bubba, um, I'm using these these products right now from Manscaped.com, and it was a nice little transition right into that. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, Chandler Cox will be asking me about these products today. Yes, yes. Uh, will y'all take the code Bubba twenty right now because we're gonna get you twenty percent off worldwide, uh, and they'll ship anywhere in the world with the code uh, Bubba twenty. Now, if you go there, I never, and I know I told you this last time we did this commercial. I never thought you and I would live long enough that I would be excited about the weed whacker, which is for getting the hair out of your nose. Rick, they have you know, that's, that's the stage of life we're in. Yeah, you know? I remember yeah. thinking to myself, I tell you what. It's, I, it's I, a I, big I, deal when that night rolls around. You know, The, the quality <laughs> of these products, I know this sounds odd, but I'm talking about even the way the packaging is, like, like I have the body wash and I've got the shampoo that's a you know and men want the shampoo and conditioner to be in one. Yeah, I'm not going to take time to do a separate conditioner. Yeah, I can't. I ain't got and, time for that. But 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 even the bottles they're like I just like one bottle for all. Yeah, they're like they're like steel, like they're real good quality and they're uh, like manly. Yeah, and, manly bottles. And you'll notice that That's what it, I like. immediately. And of course the you know the stuff for the beard and you know they they've got a, a great shaving kit which is fantastic. Uh, they've got toners. They 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 even have boxer briefs uh, and and have a travel bag that you can put all your stuff in for when you go on the road. It all packs in there really really well. So and I love their names. I mean like the 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 the, the trimmer is called the lawnmower. Do you love that? Well yeah, yeah I, I like do. that one. Sure I do. Yeah. So if you want to find these products right now, all you got to do is go to manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped. Com. Use the code Bubba20. These products are designed for us men, and you are going to love them. Uh, unlock your confidence and always use the, the right tools to get the job done at manscaped.com. All right, we're back with Chandler Cox. Uh, we only, we, we've got just Rick, about, we got a lot to cover here minutes. right quick. we got about eight minutes. What, what, what ended the NFL? You were there for two years. What, what, how did that end? Yeah, so it was uh, January third. Of- I'm sorry, Rick asked to pay for well, well, no, we, I, we no, got to say. Right. I mean, here he is. Starting I was going to try Dolphins. to avoid that. He's Rick. starting yeah. for the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, yes. he's he's put the U bar. He said end. <laughs> right. So final. And then and then you know you were the, you played two years for the Dolphins. Right. So I mean, how did that end? Yeah, so uh, January third of uh, 2021, I got released. Um, it was right before actually we were about to go to Buffalo and play, and before we got to play, that hey, we you know we had some guys come down sick. We got to move some practice squad guys up and. Uh, we got to release you because I, you know, I probably wasn't going to play in that game. I was probably going to be inactive, and because mm-hmm. we didn't have pullback in the plan for that week, and um, that was kind of, you know, it was a kind of a shock for me. But I kind of saw it come, just kind of transition of the offense. You know, Tua was a quarterback at the time, and in Tua's uh, style of play, you know, it was they weren't using much fullback, and so I kind of knew the time was coming to, um, you know, probably release me, and that. That was a, kind of a shock for me. I mean, obviously, you don't ever want to be released or to right, get your job right. taken from you. But um, I kind of prepared myself before that, too. I was like, you know, I'm just going to play as long as I can and um, just control the controllables. And um, I got released, and they actually wanted to sign me back a couple of days later. But I wanted to, um, you know, from hearing from my agent and everything, that, you know, he thought they weren't going to use a fullback, and I didn't want to play that game of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Down so he Miami. said this is going to be a never-ending cycle here. Right. right? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And so I, I didn't want to go through that. And so I kind of took the uh, opportunity to try free agency out. And um, I had a couple, you know, tryouts, a couple visits. To I went up to New York with the Jets and down to New Orleans with the Saints. And um, 
after now is more probably May or June, and I still hadn't got picked up, and it was kind of you know obviously it's a very humbling experience because you sure. know, you're playing in the NFL, and I was like, oh you know I'll probably someone would probably pick me up, and obviously I played and. I had good film. I had bad film, but you know everyone does. And um, after that, I just never got picked back up. I didn't get an o- another opportunity. And that was, obviously, like I said, is very humbling. Um, obviously, I, I I knew I could have played longer. I knew I could have been somewhere else playing and probably starting and probably even doing better than what I did at, in Miami, just because of the style of offense too. And um, but. Obviously, I started to think – I gave about eight months. I was, like, starting to transition. I was like, okay, I got to figure something out because I don't want to be just sitting around doing nothing and waiting Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of the personality of who I am. I didn't want to, you know, just keep sitting there and wondering, okay, is the team going to call me today? Because obviously it's sad, too. You know, obviously you work your whole entire life to be in the NFL and – and then you don't get picked back up after you get drafted and start for two years. And it's, it's weird. It's a, kind of a weird deal. That's what's weird to me. I mean, if you aren't playing, right? But do you think it's just that the, the offenses are changing and what you did do you, well? Did you think about how many people are doing? Did, did you think about trying to transition to a tight end or or some of the other positions that were growing in demand? Right. You know. You know. I didn't really think about transitioning to being a tight end because. Every everybody in the NFL is good, and they have their tight ends. The tight ends and there's are, some good ones. There's some really good ones, and they're typically six four, six five, six six guys that are playing. You know, can right. do good route running and you know block on the end. And um, but for me, I kind of knew that you know being a fullback is probably just because you know there's a ton of good fullbacks out there too. But there's also a ton of free agents that are fullbacks, and yeah, they have. Right. Um, at the time where I got released, I think there was only like seven fullbacks in the league at the time. And so I was like, man, that these guys have – these teams have their guys already. So it's just going to be a wait and see what happens to them. Injuries happen. and um, But just it wasn't in my favor to get picked back up again. And I kind of had to – it was tough, you know, kind of mentally. And um, because my whole life has been football. and. Right. I really had to figure out who who the heck is Chandler Cox without football, and that's the biggest thing. I I never thought I would struggle with that, but I you know obviously have struggled with it because um, football was I want to say my life, but it was is a big part of it. And oh yeah, is it it what I did all year round for yeah. eighteen plus years, right. and you know now I'm not playing football, and, and as time goes on, it gets better, and um, I got. Now I'm just trying to figure out what the heck I want to do with my life now, and uh, that, have, it's tough. Have yeah. you thought about some of these new leagues? I mean, we, I thought about about we have leagues just popping up everywhere now. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I've thought about it. I've had a couple opportunities to go play up in Canada, and um, just kind of turned those down because you know going it, it's tough too going from the NFL and yeah. to going to a, a lower league that's you know you're not getting paid as much either to. You know, put my, you know, put yourself banging your head and it's gonna put, be just as hard work. Exactly, yeah. very you're little, doing with, the same thing, banging your body, banging your head, right. and um, for the type of you know contract they're paying, it just wasn't right. worth it in my eyes. And there was so much, and as time goes on, I'm seeing there's so much more to life than just football. You know, there's so much more to look forward to, and so much more yeah. for me to do. But it's just, now you're working with uh, with training other athletes, and I am. You know, you you're actually become a trainer where. You know, I work out a little bit, and uh, <laughs> a place called Godspeed, and uh, you, you came on the scene, and um, 
and it was awkward the first time I found out you were there. Uh, I thought, well, here's the meeting yeah, uh, yeah. where he sees me when I've been doing the Chandler Cox, Beth Moen's thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I know that because you work with world-class athletes, you have not been assigned to me yet. Right, right. I'm, I'm That comes the, down the road, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're hoping to get a shot at me. Yeah, I hope so. Just. I just want to get after you a couple more times. Before <laughs> well, Chandler, when you, you, you start the geriatric class, let me know. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Know, you, you know what you'll find out? And maybe they've already told you. Yeah. You know, they've been after him. Ah. You know, if, if you're the person that brings Bubba in. Yep. I mean, the Blake, arthritis kid, the Blake Prime, and, and the guys—they've been after Bubba for years. Yeah, they, five they, knee surgeries, and I need another one. So right. I, you oh, know, man. I'm kind of. How'd you like to take up? that project on? Well, it'd be a project. It'd be a project. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> we'll get after you a little bit. <laughs> I don't look like a former tennis champion. <laughs> he really doesn't. Does it? Did you know that Bubba was a tennis champion? I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> he was a wing back, then got moved to pulling guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, oh, what yeah. a career! So uh, we only got about forty-five seconds left, though. But how 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 was this this step? You are you are helping other athletes train, right? This does is, that feel weird to be on that side of it? it, or is, co- it coaching does, in your future, any? Uh, I, th- I thought about it. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure now, but this has been a big a big lifesaver for me, where it's kind of helped my transition from football Good. to because I get to be around guys that are still playing the game and being right. around little kids, and I love kids and love helping people and serving them and. Uh, this gives me the chance to, you know, tell them my story and help them because, you know, I've been there, I've done it, I've gone through it. But, um, you know, I kind of, you know, can be a mentor for those kids as well and, you know, kind of just help those NFL guys too and just kind of, um, you know, be around guys that have been through the same grind as I have. It's been great to be with you today, Chandler Cox. Yes, sir. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Continued Cox. success. Chandler Cox. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for all of you for being on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.